Welcome to the Officer Media Group Roll Call Podcast. Officer Roll Call is meant to inform and entertain. Now, let's get into this episode. Welcome to the lineup, Officer Magazine's roundup of this week's police and law enforcement news. I'm your host, Joe Vince, Assistant Editor for Officer Magazine, and with me this week is... A very surprised retired Lieutenant Frank Borelli. And we'll get into that surprise here during the lineup, but people never cease to amaze me. Well, we've got a super packed uh, lineup today, so let's get right started. Um, we'll begin in San Francisco, where this is actually kind of a, a continuing uh, story going on there. Um, the union head out there has blasted a bakery um, for their policy of not serving what they say is um, armed officers. Um, or anyone really with um, a firearm. And um, it is this uh, popped up a, a few weeks ago where uh, the union again had, had brought this up and uh, the bakery um, seems to have dug its heels in, or at least it hasn't been changing the policy. Um, it's interesting in this last, um, uh, I guess, uh, back and forth, or really just one direction with the, uh, union head uh, brought up the idea of uh, would you not uh, serve a gardener who is clip who has clipping shears or a mechanic with a large metal wrench um, basically uh, saying that uh, what the officers are bringing in with them when they're coming in the establishment are their tools of their trade um, they're not carrying them um, really in the same way that uh, a civilian might or or others um, uh, this has happened before in, in other establishments as well. Um, you know, uh, Frank, I'm sure you've got uh, a lot to say on this. <laughs> you think? So um, I think it's interesting you said this has happened before in other establishments. And, and the image that's used with our article online clearly shows an officer holding a, car, a coffee cup from one of those other establishments that I won't name. <laughs> um, that... Uh, yeah, they had to change their policy. You know, they they said, "Oh no, no, we don't want uniformed officers coming in here because they make our customers nervous. They scare our customers." Look, this is kind of ludicrous and and goofy. But what do you expect out of San Francisco? So you've got this bakery who says we don't want. They denied service to a San Francisco police officer because they were in uniform and were armed. Well, hundred percent. The the union president's right. Being armed, part. I mean, when you look at an officer's duty belt, and we haven't called it a gun belt for a long time, just for the record. You look at an officer's duty belt, and it holds all their tools, and a firearm is one of those tools. Um, but what's interesting is that previously, if you go all the way to the last paragraph of this article, um, that same bakery had put up signage before specifically encouraging african-americans to not call the police uh you know and, and it shows their intent to disassociate the public and the law enforcement but then my question is this and i and i already know the answer if uniformed officers who are carrying guns aren't allowed then why isn't this bakery the number one robbery target in san francisco because police aren't allowed in there so if they, if they rob the place and somebody calls 911 the cops are going to show up and wait outside for somebody to come out and talk to them because they're not allowed inside of, of the establishment, right? Mm -hmm. 
this gets kind of stupid, but and we've got other articles to talk about that are related to this outlook towards police officers. The people who own this shop are so busy being anti-police, they don't realize what they're empowering. And it, it, it's interesting you pointed out the uh, other establishment of changing its policy. And in the case of, um, and I believe it was also in San Francisco, it was another local um, establishment there, not a chain, um, that had a similar gun policy, uh, weapons policy, and I believe they ended up changing it as well. This bakery, it's been, it's only been about a month, maybe two, um, that this has been ongoing. Um, it'd be, I'll be curious to see if, if they actually kind of modify um, um, their policy when it comes to this. Well, I mean, you know, part of me, and, and I'm a pro-gun guy, I've been carrying a gun for a lot of years. Part of me feels like, it, look, you own a business, you want to put a sign on your door that says no firearms allowed. Great, you do that. But you understand that doesn't apply to officers who are on duty. States make, you know, concealed carry or concealed weapons laws, and they exempt police officers from them. There's a reason cops have guns. Um, you want to prohibit them in your business? Prohibit them in your business. But understand what you're prohibiting. You're prohibiting emergency response to your business because you don't like the guns. More power to you. Moving on to our next story, staying in California, but uh, south um, to Los Angeles, uh, body camera footage was released of um, an incident uh, early last month um, where a um, a suspect um, who had been spotted by um, police standing in traffic, he pointed at a gun at officers and in a cruiser and opened fire. This began a, a chase. Um, actually, before that, um, the at least one of the officers um, returned fire, uh, hitting the suspect. But the suspect was still able to flee on foot. And it's interesting it, is when you look at the, the body camera footage, uh, when backup units confront him, he's ready to fight. He is not he has not been stopped. Um, and in fact, um, what's really interesting is, despite the fact that this this suspect had already opened fire, officers used the taser to uh, subdue and apprehend him. Um, again, scary stuff. Well, let's let's be very clear. When they deployed the taser to to subdue him, he had dropped the gun during the foot chase. So he True. was no longer armed with that handgun. We don't use less lethal force to address lethal force. Uh, but he had already been shot at that point. And then when they caught up to him, he takes up a fighting stance and is ready to go for more. I mean, you know, look, on the one hand, hats off to the guy. He's game. He's ready to go. On the other hand, this is another example of a complete lack of respect for law enforcement authority. Somebody willing to do harm. He's attacking police officers, shooting at them. That's attempted murder. That's a willingness to kill police. And I go back to, as silly as it seems, maybe, the, the, the coffee shop that by their policy says it's okay to hate the police. We don't need the police. We don't want you calling the police. The police aren't welcome here. And they don't even, I don't think they even understand that what they're implying is support for this guy, Delgado Pinto, who shoots at cops, fights cops. And then, and, and this is the most interesting thing in the world, after he's been subdued with a taser he's taken into custody and he gets rushed to the hospital for immediate medical treatment why 
because the cops don't want to kill him, which is what everybody's implying. Police officers are ruthless and, and, and just want to go out here and go hunting. Police officers don't want to kill him. They take action with EMS to save his life. Their job is to arrest him. They wouldn't have had to do anything with him if he'd smiled and waved instead of shooting at the cruiser. True. Yeah. No. Um, it, kind of sticking with the same thing, we're going to go to uh, Michigan with our, our next story. Um, several Michigan State police cruisers were set on fire and then um, shot at with a, a rifle um, by a suspect who was caught on security cameras and obviously um, considered armed and dangerous. This was at the uh, Sault Ste. Marie post um, in Michigan. Incidentally, this attack on the, you know, this vandalism on these cruisers um, had a kind of cascade ripple effect uh, where Michigan state police posts across the state uh, shut down because of it. Um, and not to say that they weren't patrolling, but you could not go visit the actual uh, post. Um, you know, this reminded me of a similar type of incident in Atlanta where uh, uh, police motorcycles were torched um, as part of a protest for a public safety training center that is going up there. Um, they, those people need to stop. Now we're not even allowed to train the police, but and Joe, forgive me for interrupting you. No, go, go right ahead. It's good the guy who did these vandalisms in Michigan didn't actually attack police officers. You know, we, mm -hmm. we vehicles can be replaced. Um, rifle rounds being fired are always dangerous because you never know where they're going to end up. And unfortunately, uh, unintended victims do sometimes occur. I'm glad that they're not reported in this case. But think of this as that escalation up the ramp and, and yes i'm going to harp on it you go from the coffee shop that doesn't welcome the police to the guy that shoots it at uh, police cruisers and and lights them on fire to the guy who shoots at police officers in their cruisers this is just a cup it's just up steps up the ramp it's like the, the people who start out using recreational dope over here and then they're heroin addicts over on the other end it just gets worse and where you are on the ramp of the continuum seems to depend on just how anti-police your local politicians are, it seems like sometimes. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm glad nobody was hurting this. They, they, they've got to find the suspect. Thank God it was just vehicles and not officers. And, and, you, and you know, I think this is a good example, too. You see that um, that cascade effect that can happen in a situation like this. This isn't simply an isolated property damage. This, because of the uncertainty on on who this individual is, how dangerous he might be um that you know the state police had to take steps to protect their um troopers um especially those you know at their posts um you know i'm sorry think think about this hunting season is coming imagine how the michigan state police are going to react to everybody wearing camouflage on a traffic stop yeah until they arrest yeah. this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every, you just don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Well, you talked about escalating and going up the ladder, I guess. Our next uh, story kind of uh, shows that um, this is in Texas out of San Antonio, where 
um, a San Antonio police officer was ambushed uh, with a sawed-off shotgun um, when he had spotted and began following a man wanted on warrants for aggravated assault and um, protective order violations. Um, this is the um, sixth officer in less than two weeks in who has been yeah, shot and wounded. Um, and uh, the chief in San Antonio, um, I, I mean, he put it, it it's got to stop um, that, you know, this is ridiculous. I mean, I, I don't understand what people are trying to do. I mean, they, if, if look, if you just hate the police and so you shoot at them, uh, you attack them, you try to kill them. I, I, you know, if, if that's just your only motivation, I hate the police. So I'm going to go do this. And you're that immature that you don't have any other way of, of dealing with your feelings okay but understand police are going to shoot back there's going to be repercussions uh the good news is we don't shoot to kill you even though you're shooting to kill us we shoot to stop the threat and then we give you medical care and three hots and a cot and health care and the beverage of your choice in the jailhouse coffee shop i mean you know that's how that works if you live but uh th this chief is actually right chief mcmanus uh, he, he, this absolutely has to stop it. What, at what point does society stop functioning because law enforcement has no power? And I'm not saying law enforcement should have power over all of society. But when you don't even when you don't even have enough authority to do the job you're tasked to do. Then it's time to sit inside the station and play video games and get paid. Otherwise, you got to go out and do the job and answer the calls and to help people and serve the public but when you empower the public to kill people as to kill police officers as a hobby that's not what you get chief mcmanus is 100 right this has to stop but it needs to be the public outcry against violence towards police officers has to be just as large as the public outcry every time you see somebody died in police custody even if it wasn't the police's fault they want to hang the police. We have to have an equal balance. Every time a police officer gets killed or attacked, there ought to be the same public outcry. And until that happens, police are going to continue to be vilified. Criminals are going to continue to be empowered. And ultimately, what's going to happen is the average everyday citizen is going to have to arm themselves and defend themselves against crime. But, oh, by the way, you can't go into San Francisco if you're carrying a gun for your own protection uh, to Reams Bakery and get served because they don't like guns. What's uh, one of the things too is um, this obviously isn't something you know. San, San Antonio has been hit with these cases, but this isn't isolated to there. Um, j just today, uh, we're recording this on Thursday, um, and um, in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, an officer making a traffic stop was shot and critically wounded, not by a person in the vehicle, but by someone firing from a nearby home. Um, you know, that's even in a case of that's, of that's called now. war on the police. That I mean, that's just shooting targets of opportunity. That's, yeah. Ugh. Anyway, so. Oh. Moving on to our, our next story, uh, this brings us to New York City and the NYPD, which has been um, trying out a new policy and new tactics when it comes to pursuing suspects um, in vehicles. 
um, instead of out and out chasing what the the idea now is to sort of corral and trap and block um, the most uh, the uh, escape routes for these suspects, um, basically to contain them that way, um, trying to eliminate um, the high speed pursuits, um, pursuits that, um, you know, involve a lot of other um, other vehicles in traffic, uh, civilian vehicles. Um, it, I believe that there's really only been a like a couple of instances where they've uh, put this into practice. Um, from what it sounds like, it's still sort of a, um, uh, a policy and development. They're still trying to figure out how to effective, effectively utilize this. It's almost like um, splitting the baby here. It's like we don't want to. Uh, we don't want to get into the high speed pursuits, but we don't want to just say we're not going to we're not going to chase what's what's sort of the, you know, the middle ground. Well, you know, it, it's an unfortunate reality that uh, high speed chases, car chases. They, they create a lot of risk. OK, and. Um, you know, the police don't have. They're not the people, I guess, that start the chase. It's the criminal who runs, right? Then the police have to decide, do I pursue or don't I pursue? And ever since I went through the academy, and I won't even tell you how many decades ago that was, because <laughs> our, our loyal listeners already know that, um, we were told, if it becomes too dangerous, you break it off. Um, you know, if, if look, if I'm on an open highway and there's me and that guy and I've got 300 miles to the state line and a full tank of gas, there's a good chance we're going to keep on chasing. If I'm in a, a, a residential community and kids are playing in yards and, you know, this guy wants to run, there's a good chance I'm not because you have to balance the risk, right? New York City. I mean, can you imagine? I can't even imagine. I've been there a few <laughs> times and it's dangerous to walk, much less drive a car in a fast chase i was gonna say um, i don't even know how you get into high speeds uh, with all the traffic right? in new york city dispatch he's up to four miles an hour <laughs> we're gonna move when the light turns green um you know i just but so they come up with this other option of let's block the roads hey this is awesome that's fantastic i'm gonna make a prediction what's gonna come next is they're gonna prohibit foot chases because the bad guy is gonna run into people and hurt them and knock them down while he's being chased by the police. And that's gonna be the police's fault because they're chasing a bad guy. Um, you know, it we used to do this. I, I worked on the borders of DC and we had people who would try to get to DC running out of Maryland, and they did it on something called Bladensburg Road. And we had a firehouse there, and if we could get there in time, we'd go to the the the, the fire captain and be like, Hey, put the pieces across the road. And they would just pull out two fire engines and chase is over. It's going to stop right here at this intersection because the guy can't go anywhere else. He can't drive through fire trucks. If you can block them in, more power to you. Ultimately, you have to leave the option of the chase open and at the discretion of the officer. A lot of agencies have set it up so it can be overridden by a sergeant or a lieutenant who's not on the scene just because they're worried about the liability. And, and I can get that. They've got. The, they're not in the adrenaline rush uh, of the moment. They're, you know, they're they're disassociated from it. They're impartial. They're calm. They're thinking about saving money, liability, and nine lives. And I get all that. So maybe that's a good idea. But just saying no chases at all is 
absolutely ludicrous. It does nothing but empower criminals to commit crimes. One thing I, I don't hear a lot um, when it when it comes to this too is just uh, the really the civilian drivers. That, and I'm going to sound like you know the old guy get off my lawn type of thing, but um, just the sh the sheer fact that um, uh, drivers don't pull over to the side for non-chases but you know emergency vehicles going with their sirens and their lights flashing um and that i think that you know that has created even more of a, a hazardous situation um for for officers obviously we've seen it when it comes to uh traffic stops and 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 drivers not oh, paying yeah. attention or or just or just not caring but, but um, i'll tell you this joe Sometimes mm -hmm. having been a cop, having you know, yeah. lights going on overhead, siren, and everything else, sometimes the person in the car never ever hears you. Okay. So they don't see you, they don't hear you. They're singing along to their radio, yeah. turned up so loud it's doing them permanent kidney damage. And you know, they're having a good day. Um, but for all those other 95 to 98 percent of the people that see it, hear it, and simply don't care, they no respect for law enforcement. Don't care about the job that's being done. Don't care that they might be endangering the life of someplace, somebody, because the police can't get there when they need to, because you just don't get out of the way like you're required to by law. Um, again, another symptom of it's okay to hate the police, hinder the police, don't support the police because everybody hates the police. And yes, I go back to Chief McManus. It has to stop. Society is not going to survive this way. And let's well, see, before my blood pressure gets any higher, let's go to the next article where we can see what her heroic officers have done. Well, I was just going to say, we're our next article deals with someone who's actually very happy about the police and even said so. Um, this is out of Ohio, where um, officers in alliance um, were called in on a uh, started as a domestic situation, became a hostage situation of a boyfriend holding a his girlfriend uh, hostage at knife point. Um, when police arrived, uh, he had had he had his girlfriend. Uh, he ran into an apartment, used her as a human shield. Um, the officers entered the apartment, went upstairs. Um, he was holding uh, the woman hostage there. Uh, they confronted him and uh, they fatally shot him. And uh, it was interesting. Is honestly, I this is one of I can't think of any time I've ever seen a um, a victim in a situation like this so quickly talk to the press. But um, is she uh, the uh, excuse me, the girlfriend had just out and out said, they saved my life, the officers um, who were, uh, who responded uh, to the this situation. So the, my first observation being the ageist guy that I am, um, I think it's funny that we're talking about boyfriends and girlfriends because that implies younger people. And we're talking about a 59-year-old man holding his 68-year-old girlfriend hostage with a knife to her throat. 
Age is um, only a number. Exactly. As a guy my age, uh, 100%, age is only a number. <clears throat> I refuse to act my age. I've never been this age before. <laughs> I don't know how. Um, but it, it is fantastic to see this woman saying, they saved my life. He tried to kill me with a butcher knife. I love how she says, I shouldn't wish death on anybody. But he <laughs> deserves what he got. You know yeah. what? And this is something straight out of movies. You got a hostage being held, knife to her throat. Officer opens fire. Bad guy gets fatally shot. Sorry he died. Better him than her is my outlook. And I'm glad she's appreciative of it and not suing the agency for trauma because bullets got too close or something. Who knows? I'm, I'm happy to see it. Good job to the officers. Yeah, and, you know, you it's a you're glad that she wasn't you know injured um from that because that all around well, that's she, a scary she situation minor cuts on her neck from what right. the article says she treated for cuts to her throat and and absolutely you know this is one of those situations where if you if you can't shoot the guy in such a way as to uh remove his ability to do her harm immediately you still do run the risk of him being shot, being on something, whatever, and then still killing her. And that would mm -hmm. have been very bad. Um, right. You know, so I mean, we recognize the officer understood the risk, weighed the risk, took the best action he could with the information that he had available, and it all worked out for the best. So we're coming down to the end. What do you think, Frank? One story or two story? Your call. So – we have options here for our two stories is a, one is about, and I'm, we're going to do one Joe, cause I'm just going to comment on this one real fast. Okay. A video that shows a handcuffed suspect escaping from a police cruiser. Every officer listening to this has been taught that once you handcuff a suspect, you search them, you secure them in your car. Somebody always has to be watching them, but the manpower doesn't always support that. Everybody, every police officer listening, I don't care if you got a hog tie the guy. I know that's not the appropriate term. You handcuff them behind their back. You double lock the handcuffs. You search them thoroughly. You seatbelt them in so that their hands are, the seatbelts loop through their arms. They can't get their hands moved. And still, if you cannot have them under constant observation, you check on them every five to 10 seconds. This guy gets out pretty quick and it causes a lot of problems. We can't afford this. That's all I'm going to say about that article. Let's talk about, I love this, a deputy who barks like a dog. And this is our, our final story out of uh, Washington, where a Pierce County uh, sergeant um, used a, a, a interesting technique, a tactic to um, get uh, a, a a quartet of uh, suspected teen car thieves to surrender. Uh, what he did was <laughs> to bark like a canine. And you know what? That that did, did the trick. They uh, essentially, uh, they believed that the, the deputy's voice was, was an actual dog so much that they said, man, as soon as I heard that dog, I gave up. You know, and through a PA system, it's amazing what you can do. But kudos to this canine deputy. Um, he, he got on the PA system. He says, don't make us release our canine. <laughs> Whatever. Right? And then the kids are like, ah, nope, I'm not getting bit. I'm coming out. Um, I love it. I've seen other things. We had a guy we, we stopped, and we knew he was a drug dealer. And none of us wanted to search him where we knew he had the drugs. Read between the lines or between the cheeks, if you understand what I'm saying. Um, 
but we had a dog there. It wasn't even a canine, a, a drug canine. And, and we told the guy, look, this dog's been trained a little bit different. He's aggressive trained. So if he smells drug, he's going to paw and chew and tear until he gets to the drugs. Now we're going to let him sniff you. Is, is there anything you want to give up first? Dude reached in his pants real quick and pulled out that dope. We were like, thank you very much. You're under arrest. Um, wasn't even a drug dog. It's it's amazing what people don't know and how fearful of the dog they can be. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I've been bit by police canines, and I'm not a fan of it either. I don't want to get bit by the dog. That hurts. Uh, but this this good thinking on this officer's part, and, and I, I love the image, the the video capture. The video's on YouTube. I'm yeah. sure people can look at it. You know, it's on our website, obviously. Um you know, he's just got this look on his face like, I can't believe they fell for it. It's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm actually more interested, too, what would have happened if they didn't? Like, all right, just, you know, is he going to get heck from uh, uh, the other deputies about what what, the, what are you thinking? Or well, practice your dog bark a little better. That was just that was sad. Maybe. But, you know, the other side of that is now I guarantee you at some point somebody's left a Scooby snack in his locker <laughs> or in his cruiser or something. This is going to become a, a, a department joke to some extent that he'll take it, it, with, with a chuckle because it worked out right in the end. You know what? And exactly. And hey, this is this is a case to thinking on your feet to end a situation in the best way it could possibly end with no one getting hurt. Yep. 100%. So. That uh, takes care of us for this week. Thanks again for listening. Um, Again, uh, we hope to have you back uh, next week. And while you're kind of after you're done listening to this podcast, check out some of our other podcasts uh, on uh, you can go to our website or Podbean. And if you have anything you want us to talk about or something we haven't covered, you can send email to editors at officer dot com. Everybody listening, stay safe, get home alive, be creative. Buy your coffee someplace besides that bakery in San Francisco. Take care. See you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Lineup. Please remember, the opinions voiced are not those of Officer Media Group or Endeavor Business Media, but only those speaking those opinions themselves. Thank you and stay safe.